You have queued up the Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition, colorful tales and music from composer Simon Haynes, whose influences range from Burt Bachrock to John Zorn, here with recordings of his band Tradici Bachi from the Roulette Concert Archive. This is Simon Haynes. Hello, my name is Simon Haynes. I'm an adolescent moron, and I channel that adolescent uh, moronity into making music as much as possible. 
and and record it and uh, think about it and try to avoid thinking about it sometimes. I grew up in the college town of Berkeley, California, and my parents are both working musicians and music teachers. Because I was raised in a household where for about five to seven hours of the day, in the background of my life was the sound of my mom giving voice lessons that all involved this repetitive, slightly annoying singing thing. I think that that was, has something to do with my musical foundation and also my um, sense of being feeling warped all the time, maybe. friend of my dad's, who my dad played with a lot during that time, by the name of Henry Kaiser, uh, made an appearance and started giving me CDRs with every Frank Zappa recording ever made, which had a huge, a major effect.
I went to Boston to study, well, to study in the Contemporary Improvisation Department of the New England Conservatory of Music. It's really, I can't even describe how much I owe to Anthony Coleman, you know, for this kind of thing, because meeting Anthony was the first time that I felt like I met people who had the same relationship to the idea of composition that I did, which is like, when I was in high school, there were all these people around me who were constantly offering little, little tiny little tidbits of other kinds of music that I might be interested in. So, so, so then I went to New England Conservatory and felt really like, well, there, I'm, you know, what am I going to do? I'm, I don't have the, I don't have the condition, the compositional uh, foundation to be able to approach this music and. Anthony Cole was like, you don't need that shit, you know? Like, it doesn't... It's the first time I was like, here's somebody who... He was somebody who was like, you don't... You don't need that that foundation or background to be the kind of person who writes music. And there are all of these ways that you can build your own foundation and background for yourself that will actually probably help you to get in touch with your, you know, inner compositional voice, which of course is a little bit woo-woo to say, but I hate to, I hate to admit that he was totally on point.
Then I finished school at New England Conservatory. By the time I was done, I had I was in a band that was playing a lot and touring a lot called Gorilla Toss, and we were a staunchly anti-New York band at the time. We were like, Boston is a cool place, has a great scene. New York, man, it's so pretentious there. Not interested. I now realize, in retrospect, that that was a huge error on my part for thinking that. Things started happening that made it clear that it was time to go to New York. And I met a couple people on trips to New York who I immediately started wanting to work with. One of them was J.G. Thirlwell. He hired me to do a transcription of an opera that he's been working on for years and years. I had no idea what I was doing. Still don't but we've been collaborating ever since. Views. 
serve only to confuse Never wanted custody But how could I refuse? better or for worse the new York, the lifestyle that was already codified within me kind of from the very beginning the new yorkiness of it all was already sort of baked into the trajectory whether or not i was actually able to consciously know it what i think i was happy i'm happy to have experienced is this sort of like alternate like i feel like i was raised in an alternate track version of or reflection of a weird little, you know, north, northern California, west coast enclave of things like basically like a big gust of wind took all of this New York energy and gusted it over to the west coast without ever mentioning the idea of New York as a place. You're all of a sudden exposed to these sort of like w- kind of weird New Yorky ideas. Like I, I remember these situations where like someone like Henry Kaiser would go like, yeah, well, we have a gig, uh, you know, I'm doing a gig of, we're going to play like a set of blues rock, and my mom would sing in the band, my dad would play drums, probably my uncle would be playing bass. But then, of course, if it's it's a Henry Kaiser blues rock gig, it's going to be like Henry going like, you know, like doing his weird fucking guitar thing against the contrast of a a blues rock shuffle or like there's all these videos of my parents and my uncle and Henry Kaiser singing the lyrical theme version of the Andy Griffith show whatever it's like this whole musical polyglot no no genre is better than any other genre attitude but from a very from a from a perspective that I didn't really even I didn't. It didn't occur to me that there that there could be anything different until I went to in the conservatory and met a bunch of people who were in the classical and jazz departments who believed that their musical choices 
you know, reigned supreme to a certain degree. That like, you know, oh, well, you're not a composer unless you're doing X, Y, and Z, and you're not a improviser unless you're doing X, Y, and Z. And then that's where someone like Anthony becomes this bastion of, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want, it doesn't matter, take everything that influences you and put it in a big stew, and whatever comes out, comes out. That ethos is profoundly New York. And so, and profoundly downtown. Tradizibachi was an expansion of all of the things that I was just sort of describing in the sense that I became deeply obsessed with Ennio Morricone's music. I think it represented, again, it represented the same sort of thing that I'm talking about where it's like, this guy obviously is a composer. He knows how to compose esoteric, non-idiomatic, contemporary classical music, but also he has all of these chops in composing music that would be acceptable in a semi pseudo mainstream film and the 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 tension between those things has always been sort of like what musically is interesting to me the the obsession the thing it was basically that band became my primary mode of creative musical expression in a compositional format and also I realized, and this again goes back to this sort of, uh, the kind of idea of mutability or changeability of ideas and genres and compositional things. Like it's the best worst decision I ever made in my life to start that band.
The Musical World of Simon Haynes and Tradici Bacci, preserved by the Roulette Archive Project. These programs are made possible in part with funds from the National Endowment for the Arts. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.